Welcome to Sound and Vision. I'm Rachel Stevens. And the next couple of episodes of this podcast will focus on our series called Break It, where we talk to KXP DJs about how they quote unquote break an artist. Later in this episode, Emily Fox talks to John Richards about the numerous bands he's broken. But first, I have a conversation with Seattle Darling and my dear friend, Marco Collins. If I say stupid shit, edit it out. No, I'm only here for the stupid shit. <laughs> All right. So I'm here with Marco Collins. Marco, you are a DJ at KXP, but kind of like introduce who you have been. <laughs> I've done radio my whole life. I'm probably best known for working at 1077 The End here in Seattle in 1991 for about eight years throughout the whole grunge movement and whatnot. And I was able to be instrumental in breaking bands like Pearl Jam and Nirvana and Beck and Garbage. I'm only happy when it rains. Yeah, and that's like why I have you here, because you are infamous for breaking bands. But I want to know, especially in 1991, like what that meant, like what that physically meant. Were you stealing records like and or how are you getting this music? Well, first of all, breaking bands is a term that can mean a lot of different things to different people. Back then, to me, what that meant is. You have a marketing plan set up by a label playing that record in regular rotation. That's what we ended up doing is I would find a song that I really liked and we would put it into rotation. Okay. Whether it was a major label release or an independent record or whatever, records typically don't break from being played on the radio unless there's something set up for this group, mm. you know, unless there's a label that has a marketing plan set up, a promotional plan set up. So a lot of times records that I thought I was going to break didn't have the kind of support that mm. you needed to actually break into the mainstream because that's how I always looked at breaking a record is you're breaking it internationally. You're breaking oh, wow. it locally first, in the U.S. second, and then worldwide third. And that means like playing it first? It means, yeah, it doesn't necessarily mean playing it first, but um, really supporting it, you okay. know, and getting behind it and helping it get to the next level. In 1993, I got a hold of a 12-inch single from this kid who was a busker in, you know, Los Angeles area, and we started playing it. He had beats behind it and whatnot, and it ended up taking off because we had it in uh, heavy rotation. In the time of chimpanzees, I was a monkey. in my veins, and I'm out to cut the chunky with the plastic eyeballs. Beck got a record deal, and Loser became one of the biggest singles at the format still to this day. So... What happened was we had the kind of influence as a commercial radio station that other stations around the country looked at. We were the first alternative commercial station in the history of the U.S. to go number one 12 plus, which means 
the biggest demographic that you can have. Typically, top 40 radio stations have those demographics. We were the first alternative station to go number one in Seattle. And it was really, really crazy. So other stations around the country looked at what we were doing and would look at what we added each week and would look for those records. Yeah, I remember when I wanted to break a record, if it was only an independent record, then I would burn a bunch of CDs and I would mail them to the other program really? directors around the country. Wow. Yeah, because it only helped my sort of ability to make that artist a bigger artist if I was kind of handing it to other people. That is so interesting to me because I've always thought the opposite. I've always thought like, oh, if you're going to break an artist, you want to hold that close, you know, like you want to be like, they're only mine. Well, I don't do it right away <laughs> by any means. <laughs> you got to wait a minute. You got to let people know that you are really behind this record. Also, we threw a lot of records against the wall to see what would stick. So what bands are you proudest of breaking? I wasn't the first guy in the country to play Nirvana, but I was the first guy to get really behind <laughs> Smells Like Teen Spirit and yeah. just play the hell out of that song. And uh, I remember the first time I played it, I played it twice in a row. And now that's a thing, <laughs> which I love. It's awesome. <laughs> I definitely look at Garbage as being a band that I broke, yeah. and they do too, which is really cool. The presidents of the United States of America, Beck, you know, a lot of stations played Pearl Jam, but we were definitely one of the big supporters of Pearl Jam. What's the song that, oh, there's a Weezer song that you get credit for being the first oh, yeah. to play. To play it across the board, Undone the Sweater song. Oh. Yeah. How'd and you know that? Uh, your Wikipedia oh, page, Oh, it's on my sir. wiki, yeah. Which Yeesh. I... <laughs> pretty f <laughs> masturbatory. And I die if you want to destroy my sweater for this bed as I walk away. That was something that that was already on a label. So the album wasn't out yet, but the label brought me that song, and I just thought, this is amazing. It reminded me of the Ramones, almost, mm. like a slowed-down Ramones, or even sort of the dynamics that the Pixies brought. We started playing it. Now, when I say playing it, I don't mean, oh, we threw it on the radio a couple of times. I mean, we put it into rotation yeah. and spun it like 30 to 40 times a week. To me, that constitutes breaking something. You know, when you really get behind a record, if you're playing a record and the amount of influence you have on that record is not affecting anything, hmm. then you're not really breaking anything. You know, it's kind of to me, when you break something, it means that you've helped usher this band's career to the next level. It's different than just committing to something first. Yeah, uh, Playing something first is fun. You know, especially if you have intuition that it's going to get big, yeah. then it's really fun. And I, that became a game for me is if I thought something was a hit, I was like, oh, hell, we're playing this now and we're playing it hard because I'm sure of it. I just have to say that I 
think you are so good at that. Like that is your intuition for sure. Like, first of all, I don't think I've ever seen anybody get as excited about music as you have. And um, just in the short time that I've known you. And then also when you know something's good, you know it's good and it usually always is good. Um, and I think that's like quite a talent and, and really cool. Yeah. I, thank you for saying that. I think really what it what it all boils down to is I grew up on Top 40 radio. Yeah. I taped the radio constantly. So pop songs are ingrained in me. It doesn't matter who's writing the song. If it's good and it's hooky. And I used to have this thing where whatever. So I listen to a ton of music. And if I wake up singing it the next day, it's a hit. Yeah. I mean, if it gets stuck in my brain like that, you know what I mean? It's it's got to have legs. Yeah. So that I've used that rule many times in the past. You sleep on it. Yeah. If I wake up saying it, then it's got to be a hit. So I want to go back to something real quick that like you said, playing something 30 to 40 times, that really means like breaking and supporting that record. I don't think there's a single song that gets played 30 times a week at KXP. Now, um, KXP is a different format. KXP has a more devoted listenership. But also, like, the game has changed. The game's you know? changed amazingly. So how does a station like KEXP break records today? Yes, thank you for asking that. I, was just... <laughs> I mean, <laughs> no, I think about I this ask. stuff yeah. all the time. I talk to John about this kind of stuff. A, typically the records that we have the biggest influence on are records that all the DJs get behind. I would say that we were a big proponent of helping to break Arlo Parks in the States. I mean, you're going to crack up at this, but John was the first person in the world to play Foster the People. Really? Oh, yeah. That song Gosh, started on KEXP. You know All what else started on KEXP? Yeah. The Lumineers. And what KEXP is able to do is create localized hits. I've been trying to do it right. I've been living a lonely life. I've been sleeping here instead. I've been sleeping in my bed. So I guess the question would be, is there an artist right now that you wish you could break? Oh, yeah. Who? Well, there's an artist that I'm in the process of breaking. Oh. Yeah. Her name is Cassandra Lewis, and she's out of Portland, Oregon. I saw her in October of 2021 playing on the river in Portland in front of a tugboat, and I was mesmerized. And we did a showcase. Cassandra came up, we did a showcase, and it was stellar. And I knew at that moment when she came up and did this showcase, I knew that I was spot on with this one. Darling, I love you. Darling, I do. And darling, It's true. She's going to be massive. I'm telling you, out of all the artists 
that I've had anything to do with, this one I think is going to be really, really big. There is something like all kismet to this whole job, though, right? Like, like right time, right place, right feeling. Right? Yeah. I mean, it's really all I can do. I mean, <laughs> other than taking care of dogs, which I've been doing lately. I, I've done this my whole life. I love it. I'm good at it. And now I can benefit someone else's career again. I feel like a child. Running this is perfect, Marco. Thank you. Yeah. Are we done? Yeah, I think oh, so. Is rad. there anything else that you wanted to say, though? That I nah. Here's the song Darling by Cassandra Lewis.
You're listening to Sound and Vision for KXP. We're continuing our series called Break It, where we talk to KXP DJs about their experience finding and breaking new artists. Here's Emily Fox with John Richards. Hi, John. Hi, it's good to be back. Yeah, good to have (laughs) you back. It has been a long time, hasn't it? So you have broken a lot of different artists um, here on KEXP, but also you've broken artists on the national level. Like some of the artists that come to mind are Mad Foxes that uh, Jimmy Fallon was tuning into the station, and then he gave us a shout out on a show one day and said he discovered Mm -hmm. them through listening to your show. You broke, you know, the Lumineers, many, many, many artists. And I want to talk to you about how you go about finding these artists. But first, I want to I want to ask you, like, what does it mean to break an artist? It's a good question, especially now. You know, you can't necessarily look at sales so or play maybe on Spotify even. It was funny when Mad Foxes went on Jimmy Fallon's show, they had a lower amount of listeners, and he shows them how few there were. It was a few thousand or whatever, and you heard the crowd go, oh. And I listened to the station called KEXP out of Seattle, and there's a guy named John Richards. Uh, he's the DJ in the morning. John in the morning. It's great. And I heard this band, and I loved it. And I go, this, is, this band's fantastic. So I just shazammed it, and then we inquired and asked about them. They're from France. I just thought, this song is awesome. I just took a screenshot of my Spotify, and uh, just so you can see it now, because this is the last time you'll see this. Look, their songs have less than 1,000 listens. To them, they were like, oh my God. Like they've never, you know, people still stick with the mainstream to, to find music or listen to music that they're familiar with. So I thought that was a really good moment because to me, that really is breaking a band where not a lot of people have heard them outside of their hometown, let alone their home country. They're from France, let alone America. And, and the funny thing about that is we weren't necessarily 100% it was us who would broke it to Jimmy Fallon um, and <laughs> their management told us, no, it's you. You're the only one in America playing this band. And then later <laughs> we learned Jimmy Fallon's people actually confirmed they had heard Jimmy had heard it on the show because he's a listener. Um, and so it was, it was pretty funny, though. Like even then we didn't want to take credit for it until we realized, oh, we're the only ones playing it. So like for me, exposing them to a bigger audience is one way to do it. Another one for like Nation of Language, that was definitely one last year where we championed it. And what happens is, Every show they go to, and the band told us this, there's KXP listeners going. So they're buying tickets. They're seeing the band. They're they're filling the clubs. Then the clubs get bigger because so many KXP listeners there. And then those listeners are telling other people about it. So that gets bigger. Then, it's funny, they were on Colbert. They made their national television debut. So eventually, I guess, Breaking a Band means one of the late night shows uh, books them on their show. So (laughs) it's kind of a neat trend that we've seen because we know that started here. Now making their television debut with Across That Fine Line from their album, A Way Forward, Nation of Language. Reach up. Come on. So for me, it is, it's sort of a, if you're looking at a graph, it just... And none of us want to look at graphs anymore. I get that. <laughs> it's hard to look at picture. a graph on radio, too. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? But we could describe it like on NPR. This will be great. It goes straight up. Like with listeners, just suddenly it crosses over a plane where it's almost exponential how many people are hearing it. So it's really just getting it in the most ears possible. And then the things that happen after that are just sort of part of that whole ride of getting bigger and bigger. Bigger shows, bigger tours, bigger records. That all sort of comes along with it. 
But for bands like Mad Foxes or Nation of Language, you know, these are bands that are in our rotation right now. um, And you've broken bands many, many years ago that we'll talk about in a minute. But for a band like Mad Foxes or Nation of Language, how did you find out about them? Well, it was funny. Mad Foxes was just a colleague of mine, Jim Beckman. Uh, Jim, yeah, he's ahead of our video department and, and whenever, and Jim is very select about what he sends. So when he sends you something that he just heard, you listen to it. He's one of those people. And there's other Jim's out there. (laughs) I'll just call them Jim's. Jim's get me music. Um, but it's trusted friends. So Jim says, you got to hear this. And so I immediately went to it and he had got it from the manager because they managed another band we'd been playing. I don't remember who, but so you build these relationships. And I would say in the last over a decade, a lot of what we get are based on relationships we have with bands, with managers, with record labels, with promoters. They know they can send us music. They kind of know what we're into and that this might be a band we'll break or we'll champion and they send it to us. So for Mad Foxes, again, it was Jim just saying, you got to check this out. Then I immediately started playing it just and it's playing it every day. And for KXP to do that, because, you know, we don't repeat a lot of artists. So when we when we start playing something and again when we repeat something it's not even close to what commercial radio does of course not even in the it's not even in the stratosphere but but we're you know if i play something like three or four days in a week it's playing it a ton to people so um it's just started you know just started playing it and with nation of language i think they just sent kxp music uh as one does and sent it my way uh, and said, hey, I, it was his manager. That's what it was. It was their manager. Um, now I'm remembering. And I had a relationship with him from years ago just because he's been sending me music. And he just knows I'm you know, a fan of like New Order and OMD and those kind of bands. And National Language definitely channels that. And so he knew to get it to me. And so when I heard it, it's like, oh, yeah, this is this is awesome. But, you know, that's that's some ways, but then sometimes it's just chance. Um, the Lumineers story is, I can't, it was years ago, 05, I'm thinking. I came into my office and I have like, I don't know, people still send CDs. If you go into the station at all, it's like, it's terrible. They're <laughs> it just, just piled It's like up. a CD graveyard. <laughs> it is. It's bad. And, and even when we were playing more, we don't really play CDs, but we will preview them sometimes. It was just piled up on my desk, and I walked in at one morning, like four thirty-five in the morning. I just had it. I was like, "Dude, you got to get on it, man." Now I wasn't sad; people were sending me music. Of course, I just needed to <laughs> need to get my get my head out and just get on top of this, you know. So I said, I I turned to my assistant at the time, and I I just said, "Hey, I'm gonna listen to this first CD, and if it's bad, I swear to God, I'm throwing these all away. I'm just starting over. I'm just it's over. But if it's good, I'm gonna listen to all of these." <laughs> so. It just has to be good. And so I put this band in. It was this demo CDR thing someone sent, I think, from Colorado. And it was this band called The Lumineers. And it was their debut record. (laughs) I put it in and went, oh, I think this is good or I'm super biased right now. And so I listened to it. I played it over and over again. And for me, that became kind of the funny thing. Like I listened to it more than once to make sure it was good. So when I got on the air, I said the same thing. I said, I wasn't sure if this was good or not, or or, I shouldn't say that. I couldn't tell if this was amazing or not. I knew it was good. And so I played it twice to make sure everybody else could agree with me. (laughs) And then that (laughs) sort of became the thing. Their manager wrote me and said, dude, I'm down in LA. I'm getting all these. And I did it every day that week. He goes, I'm getting all these messages that 
you're up there at KXP playing this band twice every day, the same song, and everyone is freaking out about it. So thank you, you know, and that the rest is history. Do you remember which song that was? Ho, hey. I always say, hey, ho. In fact, when I first played it, I think I said, hey, ho, which does not sound good, by the way. Ho, hey is a song. And the other thing is, it was only two minutes and some change. And the other thing I said on the air was, kind of as an excuse, I said, it's too short. So so we need to play it twice because the song's too short. So it ended up being their biggest hit off that album. So show me family All the blood that I will bleed I don't know where I belong I don't know where I went wrong But I can write a song You know, and then the, even the Mad Foxes, that wasn't their single that, that Jimmy Fallon heard. It was just a song I really liked. So we ended up having them play that song and not the, what they thought was the single. So we even influence singles sometimes because we choose to, to champion a certain song. They're called Mad Foxes. This is the song. It's called Crystal Glass. Listen to this jam. Yeah. <laughs> oh, just for that moment. That is a rager, right? Well, I often notice, like, if you look at, let's say, Spotify and what an artist's most played song is there, it's very different than if you go to kexplorer.com, which kind of shows you what our DJs play. And if you type yeah. in an artist, it says what our most played song is by that artist. It does not coincide with what, say, Spotify is. Like, we don't necessarily play the singles. We find something else that we find very interesting, you know, and play that, which, you know. <laughs> Yeah, and I I think when when you, and we played some so little compared to to something on Spotify. I think though because of the human element, which has only gotten less as it's become more important to us, has become when someone here is willing to say this is it. You know, salt is a great example. So salt for us, S A U L T, is one of the biggest bands. In KXP's history, I would say, of the last decade, right? But it doesn't see the light of day on other stations. Like, for other stations, Salt would be on the outskirts, would be like a right-on-the-edge band, maybe it gets played. But we play that, and this is a band, I mention them because this is someone that a majority of our DJs champion. And so it became very much a KXP band. Like, we had influence on what they're doing because everybody here was playing it. And even then, when you compare it to airplay elsewhere, it's nowhere near what other people are playing. But you had all these humans that people trust say, just like your friend. If your friend says, oh, you got to listen to this. That's what this is. This is your trusted friend saying, this is something you need to hear. I think this is great. And then it's a bunch of people agreeing with you. Just a lot of people saying, oh, yeah, this is good. Because you're never going to convince them it's good. You have to actually, you know, get behind it. There's so many examples of like Fleet Foxes and Head in the Heart and Death Cab for Cutie. The thing that all those bands have are amazing songs. We just were very, we're very good at taking chances very early on things we think are going to get really big. And not for the sense of we're going to play this because we think they're going to get big. They're just great songs. So you're going to hear us play them more than other songs. Yeah. So some other bands that that you've broken in, in various ways uh, that I also want to list, Fontaine's DC, Idols to a certain extent, Fantagram, yeah. Macklemore, Silver Sun Pickups. When I mention those bands, do, does any story in terms of how you discovered them come to mind? 
you know, like Macklemore and Ryan Lewis were starting, they're getting some play, you know, Kevin played him a lot early. That kind of caused us to start playing them early. Uh, and then Macklemore and Ryan Lewis um, wrote that, no, they called me and they said, Hey, we finished our record. It's called the heist. Is there any way we just come by this morning? We've been up all night doing the final <laughs> mastering and debut it. I was like, I remember thinking, what am I doing today? Like, yeah, sure. <laughs> I thought about it for a second. Now I'd be like, yeah, come on by guys. Um, but I, yeah, I said, yeah, come on by. It'd be fun. So they came by and, and then they performed those songs the first time live on Kevin's show. So it's sort of this one-two punch that sometimes we have. It's a brand new song. First time on the radio. KXP. One time. Now. Return to the Mac. Get them what it is, what it does, what it is, what it isn't. Looking for a better way to get up out of bed instead of getting on the internet and checking a new hit me. Get up. Idols is the same. Like we that started bubbling up with Kevin and I in particular. We both start and we talk a lot um, about what we're playing, or we kind of see each other's playlists, for instance. And I was like, I was playing one of their songs, and Kevin was playing another one quite a bit. And and it just sort of took off on both our shows. And then it it kind of blew up and they'll be the first to tell you KEXP was was the main reason in America especially that they got a lot of attention then there's a band you know they toured with actually is Fontaine's DC that was another thing where I just got the record and I played it non-stop so much so they said they were going to come to Seattle to visit hmm. and this was you know deep in the Trump years with the visa problems and bands couldn't get, not pandemic, can't get in the country, visa problems because of the president part of the country. Uh, it's hard to keep track sometimes. They got over here to visit and may have played a show at uh, the Dubliner uh, because he heard they were coming in from Ireland and provided instruments. <laughs> so they, it was an impromptu show. It wasn't an official show because that wouldn't be right. Uh, but they managed to get into America and play and make their debut because of the airplay we were giving them. They they made a trip all the way out here just to visit, which I was amazing because then they came back with idols on tour. Put the boys in the better line. You're always talking about the boys in the better line. The boys in the better line. But then you have a band like Fanagram. I was in New York and I had a friend who I trust quite a bit, their musical taste. And they just said, I just saw one of the best bands ever. They're from this area. You should have them on the show. And so I reached out and said, would you be available to be on the show? And they said, yes. And I realized, oh, crap, I got to listen to them. So, so I, I then panicked a little like, well, I trust this friend. He had described their sound to me and it was right in my wheelhouse. And then I heard that first EP. And then for a group like that, their first radio session was on my show. And then uh, our friends at Barsook, they ended up putting out their record and then they ended up managing them. And then they went to a major and had Barsook to this day manage the band. And so we're just a little part of that history. And, and that's what the station's been doing for years now, since the late mid to late 80s, you know, a lot of bands like Soundgarden and others were were signed because people were championing them at KCMU. And I think it's during this 50-year history, it's good to look back at those other, like, earlier championings of bands that, that ended up giving them a platform where they got signed or they got bigger. And so it's been going on th this our entire history because 
again, it's just your trusted DJ friend championing something. The thing that's changed is the technology, and, and that's about it. Yeah, you know, speaking of the KCMU days and and breaking bands early on, like, you know, it's like the Nirvana story. Like I read Kurt Cobain, it's like he calls into KCMU, this is KCMU the station before it was KEXP, and and requests, you know, a Nirvana song to be played, which is obviously his band, and then we play it. And I think according to Kurt Cobain, we were the first to play Nirvana, you know, stuff like that. But as you mentioned about like how technology has changed, do you feel like you discover music differently because we have entered the streaming area era, like compared to, you know, 2005, when you get a CD from the Lumineers, that's one thing. And I think that's where I think people traditionally think of how DJs find music. But do you feel like the way that you find music has changed now that everything's gone into the digital realm? Yeah, it's gotten easier and some and in some ways much harder because there's too much music, which is a good problem to have. I'll never complain about that. But it I was trying to put my show together and honestly there was too much available to me that I hadn't played yet. I didn't I didn't know like I got a little freaked out about it. Like I can't get this all on the show and then there's all these things we haven't even listened to yet that are coming in. Like I got the new Yard Act. Yard Act's going to be my I've been playing their singles and stuff. Same deal. They got it to me early last year. I've been championing them a bit and they've they've totally reached out and appreciate it. But man that's my nation of language this year is going to be Yard Act, for instance. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to play it every day till everyone just pays attention to it. I'm going to just force it down your throat until um, till you hear it. But for me, it was so easy to get that, right? It was just, it's just sitting here in a digital file. I can listen to it here in my home office. I, I actually, that part of it is easier. But the sheer amount of music and the ways that you can listen is so massive now. I don't know if more music is being made or it's just more available to us. And I think it's probably the latter. I think it's, I think it's just, it's just available to us and it makes it easier uh, for us to find it. But it's, it's overwhelming how much when you don't have someone telling you what you have to play, it makes it very hard to make those decisions. Sometimes Thank God, there's 40 of us at the station doing this. I, I'm shocked more places don't trust their DJs in their community to do this, but it, it is overwhelming with how much music is coming in. But I don't, I don't, I don't think it's changed that much. You know, Fleet Fox has dropped off a CDR. Kevin still has it. It's just magic marker. Fleet Fox is written on there. <laughs> he dropped off a seven inch, and then he requested his own band, which is a no no. But he is <laughs> like, hey, is this a guy who dropped it off? I'm pretty sure is what our DJ said. Mm, yeah, and we played it. Thank God. It's you Oh, you're just dropping it off differently. You're 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 getting to me. Like I love this band currently. Like if you were to say what my favorite local thing is right now, it's this band called Fires. Floating in the sleep, floating into dawn. And the I is an exclamation mark, and it's a lot of old school Seattleites. And Sean Smith, the late Sean Smith, guests on it. Um, so it jumped out at me right away. And I've been playing it a lot. I just think it's, it's like, it reminds me of old Seattle. I just love it. And, but it was so easy for them just to send the songs over before there was any record being released or any kind of like mail being sent or me getting around to it. They can reach me directly. And so it speeds up the process quite a bit. Well, 
Well, John, thank you so much for joining us today and talking about how you break music in all of the bands that you have broke here, you know, for KEXP, but also on the national level. Thank you, Emily. That was Sound and Vision for KEXP. I'm Rachel Stevens. Hey, please rate and review this podcast and let us know what you think of it. Thank you. You're the best. In the-